The following is brought to you in association with and from a proud partner of the Shining Wizards Network. Entertainment here. You're listening to Pure Rock Radio. Feed your addiction. Tonight's episode of Radioactive Metal is dedicated to the memory of Terrence Earhart. Hey everybody, this is James Rivera from Hellstar, and you're listening to Radioactive Metal. Welcome to Radioactive Metal. This is Radioactive Metal, your source for news, views, tunes, and interviews. Here are your hosts, Snowy, Rock, Corrine, and Aaron. What's up, everyone? Welcome to a Hell Yeah episode of Radioactive Metal. This is episode 649, and I'm Snowy White. And this is Aaron. And dear listeners, guess what the heck's going on in the True Cult camp now? If you are a longtime listener and had the good foresight, right? That Like that forward thinking, be like, you know what? They always talk about True Cult... I'm not in the market for a coffee right now, but I'm at the very least going to get on the mailing list, man, than you know and probably have already ordered. The new roast that True Cult Coffee has partnered with Incantation. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember what it's called. Like, I'm reaching for my email right now because I'm like, son it's, of a bitch. It's um, in conjunction with the mighty, the legendary former radioactive metal alum, Incantation. It's called Tribute to the Goat. There we and go. I I pre-ordered my cup my 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 bag. It's I'm so proud. processed and I can't wait until it gets here. Yeah, yeah, I'm so glad you kind of started off with with this because he announced, okay, that we we have this, you know, this business partnership with none other than incantation and a special incantation blend Okay, this this is fa- this is fantastic, but it's going to be for a limited time. Okay, great, great, all right, all right. Well, that's what I dig about it, man. It's only fifty bags, right? So mm-hmm. 50, 50 bags total. Um, if if you're ordering, you are limited to three bags, you know, uh, per mm-hmm. customer. So that's pretty cool. Um, but and... I I dig the art. Mm-hmm. Like the the art that it's just it's it's pretty sweet. It's pretty metal. 
Definitely, definitely. I got I got super stoked for it. And this afternoon, as I was kind of dicking around trying to get prepared for this show, I discovered that True Cavall's coffee had only five left. So That's I awesome. Yeah, yeah. I immediately jumped on the interwebs here and ordered me up a cup, uh, a bag of this stuff. So yeah, can't wait, can't wait. Really stoked about that. And even if even if you're not a big coffee drinker or whatever, but maybe you're a fan of incantation, like hey, order a bag. You know, I'm sure they'll all be gone by the time you know this goes to air, but. You know what would have been really cool if you're a big, big incantation fan, and it's just or just order a bag and put it on display on, on your stereo or your bookshelf or oh, yeah. or something. Yeah, because you're right, the artwork is pretty fantastic. I need to find people here that like coffee, and then that way I can order the coffee, give them the bulk of it, and just keep enough for myself to make a couple cups. Because I don't want this stuff to go stale, right? Because Coffee's best when fresh, that kind of thing. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And I do enjoy a good cup of true cult, but I just, I, coffee is not a part of my ritual. Well, well, like I said, if you were a huge incantation fan, you would have had to have grabbed a bag of this just because. Yes. Now, the just best because. part about this incant- incantation collaboration is that my cheesy tagline of possess yourself a cup today, you know, summon the coffee <laughs> demons. Like, it works. <clears throat> it works. Yeah. Yeah, it just works out so well. <laughs> so, yes. ladies and gentlemen, head to True Cult Coffee, T R V E K V L T Coffee.com. Um, if you can still get in on the incantation pre order, good luck. If not, you know, like I said before, get on that email list because Coffee Bean Occulta has cool shit happening all the time. Mm-hmm. All the time. So, get on that. All right, Snowman, mm-hmm. what is rocking and rolling? Well, unfortunately, I, um, as you heard on the top of the hop, we had a dedication and in case people are wondering, well, you know what, that name doesn't seem to ring a bell. Who, who, who could that have been? Well, you could say that he's the father of metal podcasting. (laughs) I guess you could. I guess, I guess you could because, um, yes, with a very, you know, with, with a lot of sorrow and a very heavy heart, I have to announce that my father has passed away. Yeah, I'm sorry, man. Like, like yeah, my yeah. my thoughts, you know, every from my family, we've been thinking about you all week. Well, that's you good. Know. That's good. Thank you. I appreciate that. I've had a lot of, you know, I've I haven't really, you know, the the seem the thing that's the thing that people seem to do, like, is you know, they make a social media announcement when something like this happens because people have to know yeah you know but i was kind of holding off on that until i spoke directly to the people that are closest to me because you know you can't you know texting and all that is fine but for something like this you you need that connection to actually hear the voice if you can't be together then at least at least over the phone so i'm still kind of making some more phone calls and, you know, dotting the I's and crossing the T's and all that before this this even goes to air. Uh, My dad was, as I've mentioned, you know, on this show many times, he was not into what, like, he enjoyed what we do, you and I. Like, he thought this radio show is really cool and everything that, that, that goes with it. 
just the music himself itself he just never understood just never got into it just you know and that's fine because it's it's um you you, you know the whole metal young the young punk the young you know the young metalhead and the you know, rebelling against the authority figure. And, you know, my dad is great as a man, you know, he's was an amazing man, still is. But he's was conservative, grew up in a Christian household, military on top of that. So <laughs> I'm always going to have great stories about the yin, the yin and yang that we were. But at the end of the day, we also still you know, had a lot in common when it came to ethics and values and what was really important in life. Um, yeah, yeah, I will share a quick story before we get on with um, with our uh, mandatory meth metal segment for a true Cavalt coffee. The last house that, because being in the military, like a military family, we bounced around a bit, okay? The last house that we lived in which is still just it's still just about a 10 minute walk from my place you know in this in the same neighborhood that that house my bedroom was in the basement and it wasn't really a bedroom it was just a corner of the basement that he built a wall and kind of sectioned off right i was like yep. the dirty little i was like the dirty little secret downstairs that you fed fish heads too and you know <laughs> you know he was he, he was i was the black sheep of the family so they just locked me in the basement no 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 of course not but but yeah maybe what, a little <laughs> one of the things one of the things though with the how the basement was structured a lot of the electricity could be um on and off switch at the top of the stairs so whenever the music got a little too loud, instead of coming downstairs and saying, hey, can you turn the music down or whatever, he would just turn the electricity off at the top of the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's funny now, yeah. <laughs> yes, you know, it's a story I'm going to, I have shared for many years and I will continue as well. But at the time, it's like, uh, that can't be good for the needle, Dad, you know? <laughs> You know, if I got I got it, I got the turntable going. You're just gonna wreck my needle. Dude, that's so funny. <laughs> that's, yeah. Um, my like like you've got me thinking now, like like with with the volume and stuff. Because I mean, like you know, if you were a teenager listening to metal in the '80s, um, everybody around you was listening to metal Everyone at the same was, time. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. uh, whether they wanted to or not. And like, um, I'd play my stereo so loud, I'd never hear the phone ring. And like mom would be trying to call or my grandfather mm -hmm. would be trying to call or somebody, you know. And finally, I found this attachment. Um, and I, I can't remember how I came across it. But I found this thing that would let you plug the phone into it. But then it would plug a lamp into it. And when the phone would ring, um, the lamp would flash. <laughs> okay. And stuff. Now, here's the really funny thing. We had, do you, do you remember party lines? Did you guys have party lines in Canada? Yeah. Or like semi-private, that kind of stuff. The hot chick late at night. Call me now. Well, no, 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 not no. one of those. I, I mean like where everybody shares a phone line. So. Oh, okay. I, I get it. Okay. Yeah. When you say party lines. So like we had a semi-private line and that meant that we basically shared with my grandfather and, and 
my mom and my grandparents set that up because, you know, the house we were living in was a 150-year-old farmhouse. So if we needed help or something, you just pick up the line if somebody's on it kind of thing. So um, my grandfather would get calls and our phone wouldn't ring, but it would still trigger, trigger the lamp. So it'd be like <laughs> midnight and my lamp just starts flashing real slowly with the ringer. <laughs> <laughs> it'd be so eerie it's like straight out of a horror movie dude oh yeah i was gonna i was gonna say oh house is possessed yeah yeah so much fun so yeah. much fun dude like all, all the crazy yeah. shit yeah <sighs> yeah i'm i'm the same way now like i i start a little bit later on in the day and sometimes money job will call me for whatever reason and i got music going on in the morning i can't hear a damn phone oh yeah dude and then i get to work well we tried to call you uh-huh, I was at home. Why didn't you pick up your phone? Because I had music on. Have did, have we met? You know, you know what? You, you've been working, we've been working together for 10 years. Have you not figured out who I am and what I do? Of course I had music on. Come on. And that's just all the way it's always going to be. You know, I've, I've uh, never told, not, not that my... You know, not that little Snowy, my child, was much of a big music fan, but I've never told her to turn the music down whenever she had it on and all that. It's just, it's, it's a different world, I guess. Yeah, I do the same thing with my kids. And my kids aren't even listening to stuff I enjoy. But I'm like, yeah, my parents didn't always enjoy what I like, too, so I'm just going to keep encouraging it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. What we are going to encourage, though, is for you to... Uh, once again, check out True Cavalt Coffee, TrueCavaltCoffee.com. And with that, this week's uh, mandatory metal segment. And I was going with, uh, I'm going to go with um, a track from Blasphirian. Because unfortunately, just la- late last week, one Wes Weaver left us. He was in... A uh, number of wicked death metal bands over the over the years, including that one. So, for True Cavalt Coffee in our mandatory metal segment, this is Blasphirion with Infernal Warriors of Death.
we've been very busy this week. Here's our metal fix. Oh, hey, dude. What's uh, what's going on? Well, let me find my list, man. Because I've Ooh, been, got I've, a list. I do. I've been writing stuff down. <laughs> there right? we go. And I'm realizing <laughs> when I write stuff down, um, that. Well, I tend to remember stuff. So we're not going to go in any particular order here. Um, the first thing, I need to give a shout out to a buddy of mine, Frank. He sent me this awesome set of... Where the hell did I put them? I don't know. Uh, okay, I literally <laughs> cannot find... Huh. Okay, so he sent me this awesome set of Kiss uh, Funko Pops, right? Mm. Little edition. And for the life of me, I I put them in this room somewhere. Okay, well, I've got to look for those now and figure out what I do with them. But anyway, I want to say thanks for those. Um, he's he's uh, like we've, he is possibly my longest running friend. Okay. Like I think we have known each other since I think he's I can't remember if he's one or two years younger than me, but I think we've known each other since possibly third or fourth grade. Oh geez, that's forty years now. Yeah, so I mean, like he's been, he he's he's been a part of my life for so long. Like I was, I was the best man at his wedding. I'm the godfather for his children, like all three of them, you know. And um, like I also, I, I ended up, I sent him a book, and I don't know if you remember this one, but like as a bass player, as a bass player, period, it's harder to find anything cool. Right, because when people make a bass effect, it's always guitar players like, "Yeah, this is so sick," and I'm like, "No, no, man, no, sick is what you were doing on your guitar. Why the fuck do you think I would want you to take the same cool ass stuff on the guitar, but take out that cool stuff? Like, why does that make it cool? Like, like <laughs> is this a joke? But so, um, in the this one music store, they had this book. It was called Heavy Metal Bass Lines. And I, I begged my mom to um to buy it. And it was one of those books that like I still have today. It had like the Trooper, Rock and Roll Night, like all these great, great bass lines, right? And like tons of Iron Maiden in it. And that's how I learned, right? It was like going through those. And so his his um his wife got him a bass for his birthday this year. Um, because he he played bass in the past, but he hasn't had one for a while. And so um I found that book on eBay and I, I sent it to him, like, dude, you need this. You know, this is this is how we started learning. So, shout out to him. And um, the next thing here, we're gonna file this under the how the fuck did we miss this during the pandemic? Um, did you know Rob Halford had a book out? Hmm. Uh, they just that seems to be the thing over the last 15, 20 years. Everyone seems to be pushing a book out well, yeah. and now on. So yeah, but it's Rob I, Halford. If, yeah, but if 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 I heard about it, it has left my head. Let's put it that way. Well, but yeah, and the, the thing is, like, I anytime somebody who's that significant in metal puts out a book, we tend to know about it, and I tend to buy it. And I'm, you know, sometimes it takes me two to three years to read it. Granted, because you know, just I'm a slow reader, guys. It's, but um, you got a life. It's not even that, <laughs> man. Like, like I am painfully slow when I read. You know, and, and having the life too, like, it's like, okay, I have this 30 minutes to read. Well, other people could read like, you know, maybe six chapters in 30 minutes. I'm on page three, you know, like I'm just a slow dude, but 
um, I digress. So he was on the Dean Del Rey podcast back in, I think, October. And they did this amazing interview talking about this stuff and talking about him coming out and just... I really can't wait to get my hands on his book and read it. So for, if for anyone else who doesn't know, um, yep, join the club, pick up a copy, let us know how, how you feel about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so Disney Plus, right? I know you've been watching um, WandaVision and the Winter Soldier and the Falcon. Mm-hmm. Um, total side note, not related to anything I'm about to say for my... Um, metal fix involving Disney Plus, but I was, and and again, this is just where my mind goes. I was mowing the lawn today, and I was like, you know, what would be like a terrible name for um for like the Falcon and the Winter Soldier? I'm like, oh, what if you called it like the Electric Chicken and the Cold Fighter? Like, just <laughs> this is just where, okay. my, where my brain goes. But anyway, so there's a series on Disney Plus called Car SOS, and it's a UK series for like um, National Geographic UK. Like, have okay. you seen it? Are you familiar with it? No. So but. basically, these guys find people that are car fans that have this car that they love that has just fallen into disrepair and really needs some TLC to get back on the road. And um, this one guy, his name is Robert Fuzz, quote unquote, uh, Townsend, right? And I'm like, just looking at him, I'm like, he feels familiar. And it's not that I recognize him, but just I know, I I, I know him, but I don't know him. You know what I mean? Like you can see somebody and kind of like know something about them. And so I'm watching these episodes. I'm like, no, there's just something about him, you know? And He's got this episode where he's wearing a Trojan, Trojan Records shirt, right? Now, are you familiar with Trojan Records out of the UK? Mm, no. All right, no. big big reggae label in the UK, Trojan well, Records, okay. right? And and this is all, you know, because I, I can't remember if we've really discussed it, but like in the 90s, I was really into ska, like mm-hmm. really into ska. Like I love ska. Like I still love ska today. Like, you know, give me a good horn section any day. But then there's another episode where he's wearing a drum set. I'm like, okay, nobody just randomly puts on a drum set shirt. And so I finally decided to look this guy up. That motherfucker's a drummer, which explains why I feel like I know him. Because as a bassist, I just tend to like understand drummers. Like I just get where they're coming from because like that's the gig as a bassist. You 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 know your drummer, you know. But um, he he actually plays currently for the English Beat. Oh, okay. I yeah. Them. I'm like, this is pretty cool. <laughs> and I mean, and he's a kick-ass mechanic. Like this, this guy, and it's so funny because I, I would like to know, was was he a mechanic before the band or, or did he just have like an interest in, but then he got into touring bands and started becoming a mechanic out of necessity? Because I feel like every band I've been in, there's always one guy that really knows cars. Right. You know, and that's always really important because if you're in a band and you're starting out and you're touring, <laughs> you're not driving a vehicle that is meant to be driven. <laughs> you, know? Uh-huh. you know, so so that's that's a fun show and just just an interesting nod, you know. Um, and then I've been on a doom metal journey. Mm. Right. Like, like this this past week, I was like, man, I really need to listen to some doom. And of course, who do I contact for, you know, where do I start? But um, not none other than our own Captain America, Rock. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm like, hey, man, I'm in a doom kick. Where do I start? He's like, oh, check out this band Coliseum. And he sends me this link. And I, you know, start finding all these other bands. I'm like, dude, Evoken. And, and he didn't, He just gave me a link. He didn't tell me to check out Coliseum. Later, he told me to check out Coliseum. He's like, no, I didn't even know those other bands were in there. I want you to check out Coliseum. I'm like, oh. But so I was listening to Evokum or Evoken, right? Okay, yeah. And dude, they're, they're kick-ass. That was a lot of fun. But then, so I'm like, okay, I'll go check out this Coliseum. So interesting fun fact um, apparently there was a Coliseum back in the sixties. They had albums out like in 67, 68, okay. that kind of thing. <laughs> and I'm thinking, I'm like, okay, I, I didn't expect this to be that old. Like, I wonder, like, are these guys contemporaries of Black Sabbath? Cause I always think of Black Sabbath as the doom originators. I'm like, was there somebody else playing doom? And like, like everything on there, because he was saying that this was funeral doom. Right. And so, mm-hmm. They were like their their whole th- Coliseum thing was like funeral dirges. I'm like, okay. And then I play it and it sounds more like ELP, like Emerson Lincoln Palmer. And I'm like, <laughs> oh. um uh rock? Like this I I didn't expect this. He's like, no, no, dude, wrong band. He's like uh-huh. he's like, no, there's another Coliseum. I'm like there's a, there's a third Coliseum actually. Uh, a hardcore band. Oh, see, I didn't know about yeah. that too. But um so so I found the other Doom Coliseum that was like, you know, later. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, this is way better. So, so yeah, so I, I, I've just been kind of taking the Doom journey, listening to an album at a time. And that's, man, that's one thing I do enjoy about, like, having subscriptions to some of these different services is you can get into an album and check it out and be like, oh, do I like this? Do I want to purchase it? Because I'm I'm still, I'm going to purchase the new Gojira when it comes out in April. I'm looking forward right. to that. All right, so that was happening. Let's see here. What else have I got on my list? Um, so there is a Silverado f- um, festival coming in May with the Necromatics. Mm. And it's Silverado, California, I think, is, is okay. where it is. But I'm like, holy cow, festivals are coming back. Uh-huh. Well, down, down in the States, it seems to be happening. We're mm-hmm. not doing anything up here so i feel like your cases have been so much lower than us why are you guys still so locked down because it's not good enough and toronto or ontario is kind of taking a cue from america's uh playbook and like their their cases in ontario especially you know the 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 cities and all that it's brutal it's it's really bad once you start getting out in onto the prairies and all that then you know it's it starts to lighten up a bit because there's also less less people as well but we all but we as you know as like the the majority of canada okay we all want this shit done and we know what we need to do and for the most part people are doing it like i said we i you can't step outside my house without seeing everyone wearing a mask if they're going to be near other people. You know, the, the the stories of the testy customers, you know, screaming my rights to get into the grocery store and all that, all of that is done, you know, for the most part, from what I've seen, definitely in in, in, in my province. So, yeah, case, case, cases are way down, but we're, we're still not satisfied. 
Well, which that's probably the best way to go. That sounds good, and I tip my hat to you. And speaking of the mask thing, you made a post on Facebook that I thought was freaking hysterical, where you had a picture of the person wearing their mask without covering their nose. Uh-huh. I mean, like, um, <laughs> it takes, you know, it's been a year, people. It takes less time to potty train a toddler. Uh-huh. Um, that, that's yeah. the greatest line ever, because uh, my daughter and I went out today. I owed her, because we, we did a 30-day challenge, and I think it was back in September. And I can't even remember what the challenge was, but I said, if you complete this challenge and do this thing, and it's probably practicing piano or something like that, because it Mm -hmm. it was just something to better yourself kind of thing. And um, so she wanted to go to this place called Stars and Strikes, just the two of us, you know? So we went there today and I'm in there and I will never understand the person walking around just covering their chin with a mask. At that point, take the fucking thing <laughs> off. Yeah, it's it's useless. Right? Like, it's, it's not doing any good. But there are so many people with their nose out. I'm like, like, are you just checking a box? And then there were, like, people were way closer. We got in line, and people got, like, right behind me. I'm like, no, no, you can still back up. Yeah, six you know? feet, buddy. Like, mm-hmm. like, even if we're vaccinated, even if, you know, you ever, ever, you know, people pronounce COVID is officially gone. You know, it still stays six feet back from me. I kind of like that. Yeah. Like, I uh-huh. got to say, like, I appreciated the get the fuck away from me stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, that was kind of nice. But anyway, I thought that was kind of cool. Um, and I made this note on here about the, the Pinocafessin EP with anthrax. And I now oh. I can't remember why. Okay. I, that's all I did is I wrote it down. And I can remember when I wrote it down because I was out taking my morning walk with the dog. And I'm listening to Pina Cafes and no idea why I wrote it down. Bummer. But last but not least, you saw this on my Instagram. I should post it on the uh, Radioactive Metal Instagram. But I bought a HM2 cologne called the Swedish Chainsaw. Mm-hmm. Dude, it's bad ass. <clears throat> it's it's made by, I think they said it's like I can't pronounce it. It's music with a K, like mu- music ding, or musicing or something. I I'm terrible with like every time I read it, I'm like, how do I pronounce that? Um, but the guy from HM2 Cult, right? So if you follow HM2 Cult, search for that on Instagram or YouTube. Uh, you can find them both places. He put a post up on Instagram. He's like, hey, um, I'm going to put 10 of these together and put them up for sale on Reverb if anyone's awesome or interested. And he's like, I'm not trying to start a business or anything. I just wanted to like put them out there in case you know people wanted them but didn't have the time to build them. And I finally packed away all my soldering stuff because I just haven't had this time or the space. And I saw that. I'm like, oh, dude, it, it looks cool, for fir- first of all, right? It just... It's got the the HM2 orange, right? And the whole thing's the HM2 orange. And um, the best part is I open it up. And keep in mind, you know, his Instagram is called HM2 Cult. So he, you know, not only loves the HM2 and that sound, but he really understands the Swedish death metal sound where everything's on 10. And so he ships it with all the knobs on 10. (laughs) I, I, I thought it was awesome. I pulled out of the bag and I'm like, oh, that was a nice touch. That's something radioactive metal would do if we got yeah. into the, that business or something, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Just, just little things like that. That's yeah. awesome. Or like like something that something that I would do if we were doing something like that, like for radioactive metal. 
like <clears throat> we make we make some sort of effects pedal that's like metal sounding. You know, I would set the knobs. I would make sure that the knobs all have numbers, right? Like one to ten, or possibly even one to eleven to be a smartass. Mm-hmm. But I would set all three knobs because it could only have three, and I'd set them all at six. There we are. <laughs> and I'd ship it That's out. That's a spirit. You know, because <laughs> that'd just be funny as hell. But anyway, mm-hmm. that dear snowman is my metal fix this week. Well, you know what they say. Well, no, actually. They don't say it. I've been saying it for a while now, but um, with everything going on in the world, you know, a nice little escape to refresh your brain and, you know, is, and I firmly believe this now more than ever, is my theory of vinyl therapy. You know, like, just get out, forget everything, go to the record store and lose yourself for a while. And it's an added bonus you know, if you're friends or at least associates with with, uh, with the store clerks or, and you know the place and you know what you're looking for. And even if you just want to dig, <laughs> you know, sometimes you got to you got to dig through everything in order to find that hidden treasure. Yeah. And all that. And that's I'm, I'm convinced like vinyl therapy is a real thing with everything that's been going on you know when my life recently um a couple trips to the record store was just what uh was definitely just what i needed um but first before i mention going out and picking up any records you know away from the house okay <laughs> and and wouldn't you know it i'm on my way out on my way to go to Money Job, okay, this was, okay, yeah, with with the timeline and the way we're doing the show and all that, there's a little extra bit of time and all that. But as I'm leaving, Mr. Amazon Postman Delivery Guy dropped something off. Okay. Oh, okay. And it was the packaging didn't say, didn't exactly scream, you know, your new vinyl has arrived. So Mr. Snow is kind of opening up and holy shit, just as I'm leaving, I ended up getting the, my order, which was the 35th anniversary of the Deep Red or Profondo Russo soundtrack by the Mighty Goblin. No. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Wicked, wicked, wicked packaging, you know. And the vinyl is, of course, splattered red, you know, in in honor in honor of this. And it's just it is just an absolutely amazing piece of music. If you're not familiar with Goblin, they were this Italian um, progressive hard rock band in the 70s that did a lot of uh, music for the uh, Giallo slasher films in Italy, the Suspirias, the Deep Reds. The Inferno is a lot of Dario Argento movies. And we've had the main man behind Goblin, Mr. Claudio Simonetti, on the show, meeting him and interviewing him and all that was an absolute, you know, it's like talking to this guy was like having John Carpenter or John Williams on the show, you know. So it's like, Uh yeah, yeah, but fuck, as I'm walking out. You know, <laughs> walking out. No, I gotta go to work. Don't show up now. Oh. Oh, so I had to spend all day trying to focus, you know, on something I really don't want to focus on. 
Well, I got my kick-ass new record at home, and it's just ah, oh, it is just absolutely fantastic. I made my way out into the world, hit the into the music record shop, went and saw my buddy Jace a couple times. The first trip, geez, I grabbed five albums on that first trip, and the reason why I'm able to do that, like, no, I'm not made of money. I didn't win the lottery or anything, but. I bought a new one, okay, and there's a lot of really good quality secondhand albums, you know, going for four, five, six bucks. So, like, fuck, for, for six, stuff, yeah, geez, like for six bucks, you know, I'll, I'll slap that down for Uriah Heaps, Demons and Wizards, fuck yeah, as well as Bad Company's Bad Company, a great Chilliwack record. And rainbows straight straight between the eyes. I think that was the first post Dio rainbow record because at the time when that when that record came out, Dio was uh, plying his trade with uh, Sabbath and all that. And the new record I bought was was it last year, the year before, Gate Creepers record Deserter courtesy of relapse i found that on vinyl and the vinyl the like the disc itself really purdy and then once again you know i bring all these records home and mrs snowy is right there let's see let's see let's see <laughs> you know yeah, i guess we open it up together and we ooh and ah at all the pretty vinyl that's the best man yeah 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 my second trip Speaking of um, incantation and true cavalt and all of that, yeah, uh, we've had you know we've had a promotional copy of Incantation's sect of vile divinities, you know, specifically to play on the show. But dude, we need physical copies of this stuff as well. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I made my way out to Iron Ear Control which is a local distributor, Mr. Brad Skubinski, here in Winnipeg. He's basically got a little corner of an office building, okay, where he's selling vinyls and all that. It's actually a lot the way the Warren Music Shop that I was with has kind of set up that way. It's a lot, you know. Street. <laughs> Street, yeah, yeah. So I grabbed the new incantation, okay, Oh, just amazing to slap that puppy down on the turntable. As well, um, I picked up this really cool live run Runaways record. Live in New York, 1978. Wow. Where it was a, um, where they were performing in a club. It was being recorded for a radio show. And it was the first gig of their tour supporting the Ramones. Oh, no way. Yeah, yeah, so a little bit of history there. And this was at the point where Cherie Curry had left the band and Joan Jett was picking up the vocals and all that. So that that record was a nice, nice, sweet piece of history. So thank you, Brad, for that as well. And then once I left Brad, Brad's place, I made my way back to Into the Music because good, good for everyone, but probably not so good for me. For the amount of money I'm going to be shelling out, running back and forth, into the music is just down the road <laughs> as well. So I stopped there, and remember 
the awesome Queen Flash Gordon soundtrack album? Yes. Uh, yes. Oh, <laughs> Flash. Ah! Oh, yeah. <laughs> I could have swore. I could have swore that I had that on vinyl a couple of nights before, you know, this this trip. You know, I was going through all my records and I couldn't find it. It's like, what the fuck? What happened to my, you know, my, my Flash Gordon soundtrack and all that? Well, I found it. It was waiting for me at Into the Music at a pretty good price. So I picked that up. So um, I think I did pretty good in the record department. Um, some cool records across my desk. We should get to some tunage here now um out of germany afm recording artist motor jesus they dropped their new record hellbreaker really cool hard rock traditional metal that came across my desk really really digging that and on as well kind of on the other side of the metal realm texas's um death metalers steel bearing hand their new record, Slay in Hell, courtesy of Carbonized Records, came across my desk. And they both hit the racks on the same day as well. So these two records are available now. And we're going to get a, to some tunes from that record. Let's go with the title track from the new Mortar Jesus record. This is Hellbreaker.
When the final ride clears his mind, he will never make it back alive. It's a meltdown, fire breathing, war, annihilation now inside. Let the motor sound out, it's the final round. To be quicker when you're back to the ground. It's a showdown between heaven and hell, the resurrection everybody.
That was the aforementioned Steel Bearing Hand from their Slay in Hell record with Lich Gate available now. Go and check that out. Carbonized Records, man. You know, we've played lots of bands from that label. Great, great indie record label doing a lot of really cool stuff, really contributing. So support, 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 especially today. And once again, we kind of forgot to mention last episode, but as we speak, not only is it Good Friday, okay, it's it's Bandcamp Friday as well. Yeah, yeah. So I put out some posts on my personal Facebook this morning, sending people to Wise Blood Records, to Reaper Metal Productions, all of our friends' labels and all that, you know, to... uh, once again, support, support, support. We, you can't emphasize that enough with bands, you know, not not touring with, with nothing going on. It's harder now than ever. Fortunately, making things easier for us, the fans throughout all of this, is some kick-ass music. <clears throat> Excuse me. Making a significant contribution to this is the legendary Texas Metalers Hellstar. They are back with a rather new, sort of unique compilation album called Clad in Black. The idea behind this record... Yeah, yeah, the idea behind this was a re-release of their last album, Vampiro, along with a handful of new songs and some wicked cover songs. So when they announced this record and it's probably hell stars of course they go back to the 80s was their heyday and all that so they are perfect fodder for radioactive metal should have been a band on that we should have had them on a long time ago so no time better than the present to sit down and speak with vocalist james rivera to give us all of you know the 411 not only on this new record but just hailing from texas and just everything you know that's going on in the world and you know revolving around the band because not only did you know he's the main man behind hellstar but he's got a significant resume of other awesome bands that he contributed to in one way or another. But I'll let him explain all of that to get us there. We're going to drop a track from not only the new Clad in Black release, but a track from that aforementioned vampiro record this is our chat with the one and only james rivera and this is hellstar's bloodlust
First and foremost, whenever I have an interview with a veteran such as yourself who's been around, you've done it all, you've seen it all, when you see the word legendary, the legendary hell star, like what's your initial reaction to that? Yeah, well, in some cases it's the legendary James Rivera because a lot of people outside of Hellstar know that I sang for, you know, uh, I could go on down the line, but starting with, you know, Destiny's In, which was my um, second opus in life that uh, brought me back in full swing to the whole metal business again back in 1999. And then uh, I ended up singing for Flots and the Jetsum and then Seven Witches, Vicious Rumors, Killing Machine, Distant Thunder, Malice, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so when you hear that term, number one, in a nice, funny way, it makes you feel old. Uh, <laughs> but then again, you can't be a legend unless you've been around for some years and did some concrete. <laughs> number two, it also makes me think of a comic book hero. So, um, but, and number three, it um, it flatters you because it, it it makes you feel that hey you know that's that's how people see you though and you have to understand that you know someone that's been singing metal professionally for thirty five plus years yeah they're they're you're considered <laughs> a legend you might not be rich and famous but you know hey I, I I'll take a legend any old day right on right on for sure for sure for sure with with that um. I guess we're going to be discussing your latest release, a rather unique record called Clad in Black. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe give us the whys and wherefores and everything which makes up that record. What, the, the title? Yeah, well, okay, yeah, the the title and the concept and just every every everything that has, has to do with it. Well, the title... Obviously, um, since the the release of Vampiro almost five years ago now, um, you know, uh, we sort of went back to the whole vampire theme and Dracula theme. And I know that uh, when we first began, we didn't know how far it was going to go. But uh, Larry... Uh, the other original member has been my right-hand man for 35-plus years. He knows it's a big passion of mine. So when he said, hey, dude, I think we should we should recapture Nosferatu, but, you know, now we'll call it Vampiro, which is just vampire in Spanish. Nosferatu is vampire in Romanian. <laughs> and uh, we should do the whole album uh, about vampires and Dracula, just every kind of cool movie or book or anything we can think of instead of half the record. And I was in total agreement. I was like, oh, shoot, I, you, didn't, you didn't hear me complain. <laughs> so with that going on, Clad in Black is just basically, um, it's a quote that uh, Jonathan Harker, uh, the way he described Dracula when he first met him, and he knocked on the door of the castle because you know, he was sent there to do some property work for him. And then he, the door opened, and, it was, and there was nobody there, and he walked in, and he goes, and then all of a sudden there stood the most strangest-looking man clad in black. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so that term stuck in my head for a long time. And uh, 
And then I don't know how it came up, but we were recording, I think, maybe one of the songs at Larry's. And I go, yeah, dude, uh, this is awesome, man. And, uh, and, then, uh, and then I said, oh, by the way, you're all clad in black today. He's like, clad in black? He goes, yeah, do you remember that's what John... Dude, that's a cool title. That's a cool name for a title. And that's how it happened. It stuck. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and the odd thing is, um, out of all the interviews I've done, one person knew exactly where it came from. But even the label had to ask me, what does it mean? And then when I told them, then they were like, oh, my God, that is so cool. And I said, basically, it was a very old English term that they don't use anymore, but it means dressed. Yeah, it, clad means dressed. And so it's mm-hmm. like basically that's what, yeah, dressed in black. So the album is, you know, it, it's dressed in black, and everything about it is black. <laughs> and, uh, and oddly enough, only one song on the uh, New EP is Vampire is still connected. The other two aren't. Right, right. Along with this, you have a couple of uh, really cool cover songs as well. How do you decide on which which songs to use? Like, do you, do you just have some personal favorites and go, hmm, one of these days I would like to cover this? <laughs> yes and no. Uh, basically, um, we... Um, I don't know if you've heard, but um, <clears throat> for the last 20 years, uh, to keep even more busier, besides recording with the record, uh, you know, uh, international acts and touring, I created this thing called Sabbath Judah Sabbath. And it started out in Florida with some of the death metal guys, big names too. And then I, brought, I came and moved back home to Houston. And, and then I ended up starting chapters. And so by the, by the end of the day, I had seven, eight chapters in America, and I had four in Europe. And Sabbath to Sabbath became world known. And, well, simply enough, yes, it, it was a tribute to Black Sabbath and Judas Priest. And, of mm-hmm. course, way before Dio passed away, my tribute was a, a tribute, a Sabbath to Sabbath, a tribute to Black Sabbath, the Dio years, and Judas Priest. That's how it was promoted. So I was already doing that a long time ago before he passed away. And so um, as years had gone by, Hellstar became the mothership. Uh, the Houston chapter was, became the entire Hellstar lineup that exists today. And we ended up doing festivals in Europe along uh, with doing Hellstar shows. So it was a clever way for me to get the, the band to play twice at a festival uh, and earn a little more money and, and enjoy the festival longer because now it's a different band. It's a whole different name. And mm-hmm. two of the major festivals went for it. They're like, oh, my God, hell yeah, we'd love to have that. So we did that. And then over the years, uh, because of the fact that when, you know, you're doing all this priest, you're doing all this Sabbath, you did have those people out there that were going, dude, Arn Megan, you know, ah, Saxon. And so we decided, you know what, <clears throat> now we changed it to Sabbath to Sabbath Metal Extravaganza a tribute to the best of Black Sabbath and Judas Priest and other metal gods, including Iron Maiden, UFO, Scorpion, Saxon, except the blah, 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 blah. Well, Mm -hmm. in our set list, (laughs) we do these songs. So it was a no-brainer and uh, may even sound lazy, but it was a way of doing covers that we do in our sleep. I mean, you know, thank God that none of us were... uh, uh, fascinated with the bands of the 90s became heroin addicts, but yes, we could probably do these songs on heroin. <laughs> so it was kind of like, you know, hey, let's just 
let's do the ones that we do already anyways. And yeah, we could have picked different ones, but we picked those for now. But we have other ones that later on down the line, when we do the full record and we want to do a bonus track, we'll throw in maybe Princess of the Night by Saxon. And then the next time around we do something, hey, you know, bonus track. Uh, let's do Animal Mag. Well, we already did Animal Magazines and my Scorpions on Glory of Chaos. But, you know, it's just, so there's plenty to pick from, whatever we want to just throw in a cover. And, and I think that um, <clears throat> what's important for a metal band that's been around as long as us is I think fans right out right off the bat figure is this is the stuff they were raised on when they were kids. So uh, it's it's given us a little bit of their history. It's given us a little bit of the garage days, and that's the way we see it. Right on, right on, for sure, for sure. What about the idea of a fresh new album? Is that in the works at any time? Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 totally. So all this was a stepping stone. We decided to take a different approach with um, how we were going to release things once we went back to the Germans. And I, I, you know, and I want things to be, you know, I, I, at this point, <clears throat> will Hellstar ever become a stadium-sized band? Probably not. Will Hellstar ever become individual members where I can buy a, a five-story home? And just, no, probably not. But while we're going to still be around on this earth, let's 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 get the best out of it that we can. We're proud of what we can do, proud of what we've done. And we know where we're, where we stand in the world as far as our level of success. And so, you know, I started to think back to like a lot of the big names always do it they put, because they can afford to. And it's sort of like, it's, they don't really need to hurry and put albums out. So I said, you know, you know, I wanted for once, I want us to just put out a single with something on the flip side and then I want to just put out an EP with three songs, maybe, and maybe some covers. And then maybe we, and then we re-release Vampedo because a lot of people miss that record, and it's such the it's the greatest Hellstar record since Nosferatu, and that's in everybody's opinion. So the people that missed it, let's give them a chance to get it. And then we'll put out the full album. So basically, what you guys have already have heard will be on the new album. It's just going to be seven more new songs now. So it was a way of going, they're hungry for candy, but let's not give them the whole Snickers right away. Let's give them little mm-hmm. pieces of it and keep things moving. And to me, it was a way of keeping the name out there and things happening. And when I first talked to Thomas on the phone for like two hours, when I knew he was very interested in taking the band, and I told him the concept, and he totally agreed. And now look, you see, the, the, the EP was so good that now he released it on vinyl, which that was not part of the plan. But he said, this is just too damn good. We have to do limited edition vinyls, and they're all sold out. Right. And ironically, we're getting a lot of attention on this EP right now. So you see, then I, I went to Vegas, and I, and I got Snake Eyes. I was right. Let's, let's do it this way and see what happens. And there are, there are, you know, when you start counting, counting one or two people out of a hundred that are like, well, I don't know why they just didn't put out a full album and they're a little disappointed. You're like, just take it easy. You're going to get it. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> right on, right on. Yeah, you mentioned, you know, the the Nosferatu and the Vampiro, and like it just, it just makes me think that you kind of have a vampire obsession here. Yes, I do. I have a very big passion for vampires and Dracula movies and um, 
there's probably even a small part of me that wishes that there was a way to actually really be one, but uh, how to exist, to coexist with normal humans, <laughs> you know. But yeah, it's it's just it's always been a fantasy of mine since I was a child. Um, of course, I'm totally more attracted to the uh, Hammer film uh, era of, of Dracula. Christopher Lee mm-hmm. was the most, and you know, and he actually was the first one to give Dracula the more sinister, uh, borderline satanic uh, image. Uh, and so that that's why I think I admire him more instead of the so much the romantic Bela Lugosi guy. Now Christopher Lee brought out the evil in Dracula, and just it, mm-hmm. he was just so cool that he never hardly talked. I mean, all he did was stare at you, point, <laughs> and then he said one or two words in the whole damn movie. That is like that guy is evil. <laughs> right on, right on. Yeah, so I guess you're not that big of a fan of the, the whole Twilight crap and all that. Uh, no. As a matter of fact, I haven't watched any of them. I, I started to watch half of one, and I said, no, this is a little yeah, nice for me. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, you know, it's like 90210 all becomes vampires, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just while we're kind of on the topic, I'm kind of an, old, I'm an older guy myself. My favorite vampire flick is still Fright Night, the first one from, from the mid-'80s. I still love that. It's absolutely amazing. Um, Maybe talk about the silent one, Nosferatu? No. Um, the the Fright Night. Oh, and, Fright Night is good. Yes. Yeah, that, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah that, now that, that's good. Mm-hmm, and it still holds up today. The, yeah, and you know what? There was, an, there was another good one that was on a... Uh, it actually became a series later on, but it was a movie back in the day, and it was called uh, Night Stalker. And it was about this guy who was a detective, and when it became a series, it was always a different kind of monster, but the, the original movie was called Night Stalker, and it was about a vampire. That was kind of creepy. But I tell you, another one that really did, gave me the, the creeps was Salem's, Salem's Lot. Mm-hmm. When that little boy is floating out the window, oh, God, you know, just to see that. Would be <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember I was a kid when I saw that, too, and that was really... Yeah, creepy. I bet you you went under the covers when you went to sleep that night. Mom, <laughs> can I sleep with you tonight? <laughs> well, that's the idea of horror films, to elicit a reaction like that and to challenge the mind. and like, People kind of, exactly. kind of lose, lose, lose sight of that sometimes. Um, Hellstars famously hailed from Texas. Now, yes. when you think of metal, you think of London, you think of L.A., New York, even Toronto up here, Texas yeah. doesn't really always immediately come to mind. What was the scene like back then when Hellstar was first, you know, those first couple of records? Oh, man, it was huge. But the, 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 the thing is, is that the big metal scene for Texas back in the early 80s was really in San Antonio, Texas. And that's where you had San Antonio Slayer and bands like Watchtower from Austin, Hellstar from Houston. All of us were bigger in San Antonio than we were in our own hometowns. Well, San Antonio Slayer was from San Antonio. But for Mm -hmm. some reason, they were ahead of time. And like anything that was like Merciful Fate and all that stuff, you, you go to a show in San Antonio and it, 
was like a theater-sized venue sold out all the time. These people were fanatics about it. So it was a big scene. And then when Hailstar put the first record out, um, then Houston got wind of it. And because we're a Houston band, anything we, anytime we played Houston was packed. I mean, sold-out shows and People were into it, you know, back then. So, like our first two albums, we were on top of the world, and um, we had the fans. You know, we had the metal fans. Um, but um, yeah, it was it, it was a, it was a big scene back then. Right on, right on. Do you do you follow the the scene today with you know in in the Texas area, or maybe just newer bands in in general? You know, it's been like years when people ask me that question, like, well, what are some of your favorite newer metal bands, like metal bands that are popular today? And my honest answer to that is that I I have to be honest, go ahead and shoot me with a bow and arrow or whatever, but I'm really not familiar with a lot of them. I kind of stopped listening to a lot of metal after so many years of doing it as a profession that I've change my musical personal taste if if when I listen to music in the car or whatever. Um, but there are some bands that have really caught my attention and I really love a lot. And, you know, I personally wrote them and the guy was like, wow, you, you know, apparently we're an influence to them as well. So, but uh, mm-hmm. one of the bands I really like a lot is called Idle Hands. And mm-hmm. uh, there's just something about them that just grabs me by the boo-boo. But other than that, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard for me to say. I mean, I like a lot of black metal, uh, a lot of Scandinavian black metal, uh, like the earlier Dark Tranquility Days, um, Old Man's Child, and of course I got into Cradle of Filth and Demi Borger, you know, all that stuff too. So I have a wide variety of what I like in metal. And then, of course, when the resurgence of metal came around when I was in Destiny's End and the toured with Nevermore and Iced Earth, there was a handful of those bands that brought back the traditional metal scene and Hammerfall and all that. So, I mean, I love all those bands. I, but it's hard for me to sit there and go, have I really stayed on top of the scene? An honest answer would be no. And it's not because I don't care. It's just that I think when you're at a point where I'm at in my life with how long this career has lasted, when it comes to really focusing on heavy metal, then it's, it's time for me to buckle down and start writing a new record, or when we're in the middle of writing, then I get into the metal mode. But everything else around me is kind of here, there, whatever. And it's just the way it is, and it's not being uh, uncaring or selfish. It's just that when it's become your profession for 35-plus years, um, you sort of just kind of do it when you really need to, or hear it when you really need to. So when, when when we're writing new material, uh, I don't listen to anything metal because I don't want to get distracted or too influenced by anything. And we focus on what we're feeling at the time when we're writing things. And yeah, we get into a very metal, metal mode. You know, it's like it's time for me to, you know, even if I have to put on a leather jacket, you know, whatever, you know. <laughs> there you go. That's the spirit. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's like okay, it's time for me to be a brain surgeon, so I put on the white coat and I put on a mask. You know, well now it's time for me to be metal, so I put on the leather jacket and there's some spandex if I can find some that still fit. You know, and sit there in front of the computer and write. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I get that. I get that. I have my own. 
I have my own little real world money, bills, family, job. And then I have what yeah. I call fun world, which is doing this show, going to shows. Exactly. So you see, you, you, this is you being getting your metal out. So, you know, that's, right. that's the way you do it. Exactly. I'm putting another jacket on right now, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny, you know. Go in front of the mirror just for, you know, do at least one or two poses. Yeah, do the horns, you know, flip the hair real quick. All right, I'm ready to write now. You know? Throughout <laughs> <laughs> this conversation we've had so far, you've mentioned, like, a number of other other artists that you've worked with. You've done this and that. And you have a pretty impressive resume. One of the things that caught my eye, was your work with Vicious Rumors because just recently we had Jeff Thorpe on the show. Oh, right? good. My buddy. Yeah. No, right on, right on. Yeah, so I just kind of wanted your reaction, your thoughts of working your time, you know, with Jeff and Vicious Rumors. Oh, my. Dude, we had, I'm going to tell you something. The good thing about joining Vicious Rumors, and I know Jeff would would totally say he's he's exactly right. When I joined the band, it brought the traditional vicious rumors back to life. And after that, their career went into high speed again. And the, the, the traditional vicious rumors that everybody loved was back. I mean, no one will ever be a Carl Albert, but I guess when the record I did was the closest thing, sort of similar to what people wanted to hear from vicious rumors. So it was a big comeback, and I was proud to be a part of that. And let me tell you something. We toured almost for three years. I mean, we went. I just, there was the first band to ever take me to Japan, I mean, two U.S. tours, three European tours. I mean, yeah, the world was at our fingertips. So um, it was a great experience being with those guys. And uh, I got a lot out of it, and, you know, I mean, uh, the memories will always be there, um, and it's yeah, it, it was just an amazing time. Can you give me a second, real quick? Hold on. Yeah. Hey, Will, I'll call you right back. I'm just about to get off this interview here. Okay. Right. Okay, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, awesome. Yeah, my five o'clock interview was already calling me. I said, "I'll give me a few minutes. I'm about to wrap it up here." <laughs> okay, okay, then yeah, then we'll uh, we'll just kind of move on. But before but before we go, um, I'm going to give you an opportunity to mention the um, your participation in a project Sabatonero from Tony Dolan from Venom. Oh yes. Yeah, yeah. Kind of a unique uh, tri- tri- tribute record. Maybe we'll wrap up by giving us the 411 on your participation with that. Yeah, no, um, basically, um, you know, Tony Dolan is a big fan of everything I've done. He's a Hellstar fan. It, you know, well, we've been around since the Japanese bomb Pearl Harbor. So, you know, and, and the last time that Benjamin came to Houston, um, you know, he took me on the bus, we partied, had some whiskey shots, and that's the last time I saw him. And we stayed in touch a lot. Then he told me about this project that he was going to do, you know, for the COVID uh, front runners of, you know, in Italy, and it was going to mm-hmm. be a Sabbath tribute. And he goes, and I wrote, dude, I really would, I gotta have your voice on here. So I said, absolutely. So uh, he picked the War Pigs for me, and uh, that's how it happened. And so the, you know, the record's getting a lot of attention, 
And, um, you know, and I'm, I'm glad that I did it. It was for a very good reason. <laughs> and even more so, I can relate to it now because now I've even had the COVID. You know, of course, I wasn't, I didn't die from it. I didn't get hospitalized. I mean, I was very blessed that I've got two minor symptoms and I was lucky. You know, I was over it in 10 days. But um, I can relate to it, you know, even more so. So that, that's how that all came together. Okay, well, thank you so much for your time. It's really appreciated. This is going to be the first time we chat and the first time you've been on the show, but, you know, there's no reason why. Oh, man, I, that's, I'm excited. And you know what? I, I just, to, just to go back in time, I will tell you this much. I love Canada, and I love you people up there, and I, I would do anything to come back. But the first time I got to play in Canada was in Montreal and Toronto, and um, Seven Witches was supporting Symphony X. And I didn't... In not just so much Seven Witches fans, but in Montreal, you're talking about James Rivera fans. I mean, there was people in the front row crying. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not John Lennon or anything, Jesus Christ, you know? But these fans were just, and when the show was over, and of course, we always go to the merch booth and you know, help move Seven Witches stuff. But yeah, of course, they had the Seven Witches record. But I would say about 30 people that were in line for me to sign stuff and take pictures had everything of mine. And I was like, wow. You know, they're like, you don't realize how much you, we love you here, James. And I'm like, that's odd. I said, because I never expected that, you know. And I like Canada because it's cold. So, you know, I was sitting there thinking, like, well, shit, I should move up there. <laughs>
Everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years. But when it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. To check us out, head over to ShiningWizards.com where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. There are only three good things you need in life. Sex, beer, and pure rock.
That was Agent Steel with the Devil's Greatest Trick from their latest record, No Other Gods Before Me. And of course, um, Mr. Rivera was doing vocal works for a little while with Agent Steel. And of course, Agent Steel, another one of those legendary metal bands that go back to the 80s that never really you know, burst on, you know, broke out like your Megadeth, Anthrax, or Slayers and all that. But I remember Agent Steel, they were, um, they, had, they had quite the following back then for an underground metal band. So, yeah, yeah, that's some, that's some really good stuff. Good to see Agent Steel out and doing it. And of course, just a little while ago, we had Juan Garcia, one Juan of the Dead from uh, Body Count on. Oh, yeah. He did. Yeah, he did his time with agents of, of of with Agent Steel as well, you know, back in the day. And what what I really got stoked about, and we talked about it in the interviews, I had no idea that Mr. Rivera for a short while was doing vocalists, was doing <laughs> was doing um he was doing uh, vocals for a little while with Vicious Rumors, working with Jeff Thorpe, who recently we had him on the show a couple times, actually, over the last couple years. So I, I didn't even know that. Dude, I have to admit, I didn't even know they had that, that little connection for a little while until I had to go and do my research for tonight's episode. So that was exciting to talk about. That's just... Uh, that's just uh, I I I like stuff like that. Okay, if you're if you if you're you know all of our listeners, if anyone is going to my personal Facebook page, every once in a while, I'll post a you know a picture of two musicians, especially if we know these people. They're together. They're posing. They're backstage. They're having a beer together and all that. That's what I call a rock and roll feel good moment. Oh hell yeah. You know, and that's that's the stuff that I like. Don't I don't want to get down, you know, into the sewer and all the crap. And I don't want to hear about the drama. I don't want to hear about any of that shit. You know, it's just this is I'm not a clickbait guy and this is not a clickbait show. You know, probably to the disappointment of some people. But um, no, that's not what we're about. That's not what I'm into. But stuff like that. I definitely am. So you're going to want to run. Run, don't walk to your local record store, wherever you may consume your music, and check out Hellstars Clad in Black. Great album, great band, even better guy. Fantastic, fantastic stuff. Um... Probably on the flip side of even better guy is um, probably a guy that's uh, not so good. And once again, kind of made headlines. And I kind of got a kick out of this because Ice Earth's John Schaefer is going to be remaining in custody until trial. Denied bail. Okay, which that actually isn't kind of surprising when you end up, you know, I don't know for the lack of a better word, but when you ride inside the U.S. Capitol building, that tends to, you know, people are going to not like that very much. So I guess he put in to um, 
to be released on bail and they said no you know I, okay are are we talking maybe you know domestic terrorism could they be looking at that and that maybe why they said no so, i don't think so i mean i i i still maintain that watching this whole thing unfold over cnn and all that sort of stuff anyone who doesn't think wow this movie plot has a lot of holes is totally buying the hype machine um mm-hmm. That does not change the fact what these idiots did. But here's what I want to know, right? And and if I was Mr. Shaver's defense attorney, this is what I'd be doing. Because there's a ton of people, you know, in these pictures whose faces you can see. And I mean, he he looks like Duck Dynasty. You know, it's not like, like you'd be like, oh, hey, like I'm a metal guy. Like... He looks like any other hillbilly redneck. So uh-huh. my thing is, if they can find him, have they found all the others? Are they all being tried and held the same way? And why him versus somebody else? Like, Because to the best of my knowledge, he didn't shoot anybody or he wasn't part no. of injuries, right? Right, right. Well, no, they're, the only reason why... Like, they're, they're probably not, not, not granting uh, bail to any of them. You know, because it is a crime against the country and all that. We just know about his case personally because he was in Iced Earth. Well, yeah, yeah but that's I, like, probably why I'm not hearing a lot about these other things being out there. And I mean, you know, my my first thing is I'm gonna be like, okay, well, you're discriminating against him because he's a metalhead. I'm like, you just think he listens to metal and that he's a bad seed. Um, you know, what uh, what if we told you that he played with Madonna in the '80s? Would that change your mind? You know? um, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> besides, he just he doesn't look like it. I got I got that famous picture of him right now on my computer oh, here. Me too. And Duck Dynasty all the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's he is not screaming metal. No, no. It, like if he's screaming anything, it's Orange County <laughs> Choppers in that one. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. See the thing the thing that what that got my attention about this headline and this whole situation is and i don't know if they're just trying to you know you know how when criminals you know they want to get on out on parole so they found god (laughs) okay you know yeah and he's always (laughs) under the couch every time (laughs) that's right that's right i didn't know know where he was but i seemed i seemed to have found him well it's reported that Schaefer's attorney has argued that his client his client knows that he used bad judgment and wishes that he could have a do-over. <laughs> That's the part. You know, he wishes he could have a do-over. Yeah, no shit. Picture somebody <laughs> trying to know? use that argument in 1980. Yeah, yeah, really, eh? <laughs> You know? Yeah, I, I found God, and I I wish I could have a do over. I could do over, please. Yeah, <laughs> I called it. I called it do over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh. Of of course, every time someone fucks up or gets caught, they all want to jump back into the um, what's the car and Back to the Future? Oh, the DeLorean. DeLorean, yeah. Everyone wants to jump back into their DeLorean. 
with Michael J. Fox and re rewind a little while and you know get their do over so they don't fuck it up. They don't get caught. <laughs> that I couldn't I couldn't help but chuckle about that. Yeah. Yeah, and it just makes me sad at the same time. It's just fucked up, man. Right, right, right. And I, uh, I don't know. This actually, it, like, how do you feel about hence, henceforth? I mean, I, I, I assume Iced Earth is toast. Demons and Wizards is toast. I would think so, yeah. You know, that's, you know, with without him, you know, like, it's the same thing. And we're going to be talking some Motorhead and Lemmy here right away. But it's the same thing with Lemmy and Motorhead. Without him, there is no Motorhead. I oh, think yeah. that's kind of the same thing with Schaefer. Now, what is kind of your opinion on if we're ever to play for one reason or another Iced Earth material? I, I, so... It's not like the um, I the, okay. So I'm going to start off with saying I'm nowhere near as torn on this subject as I was with um, not yeah, as I lay dying. Right, like, those guys because because like that, like I I still have struggled to listen to um, Austrian Death Machine, and I think that first Austrian Death Machine record is just pure genius. It is, you know, and I like. I feel dirty when I listen to it and just creepy. It was like, Oh no, I just mm-hmm. can't do it. Like, and, and it sucks. Like it's that, that, that whole incident really took the enjoyment out of the music for me, you know? But, um, the ice earth thing, I, I it's really minor, you know, mm-hmm. well, I, like the, because, cause here's the thing. It's not like he was, if he would have personally, broken into the you know the capitol building like snuck in through the vents dropped down and held everybody at gunpoint that'd be where i'd be like yeah no dude we're not playing ice earth for a while like a long while like like yeah 10th anniversary maybe is a joke april fool's day who knows (laughs) but he broke in with a bunch of other people that got in way too easily you know, like mm-hmm. I was discussing this with a buddy, um, and because because you know we go we go back and forth on this sort of thing, and because we were saying, he was saying something, and I was going on. I'm like, dude, I'm like, if the cast of Duck Dynasty can overtake the Capitol, um, we can be overthrown <laughs> any minute. Uh-huh. You don't want the Canadians getting pissed. Going yeah. down there, burning down the White House again. Yeah, seriously, like you guys could invade us anytime you feel like. You know, based on what happened in January, yeah. like, we are literally ripe to be invaded anytime and taken over, just like that. If if mm-hmm. if if what they're saying, if every single thing that went down is a hundred percent accurate, and oh no, like like it's the fucking Capitol building. You can't like, dude. I so one, I have never made an attempt to get into any government building illegally. All right. And I visited mm. DC and like if you just walk around the outside of those buildings, there's a shitload of guards. Of course. Like tons and tons and tons. And it just like the whole thing. So, you know, my thoughts are <clears throat> he fucked up. Um you know He was a pawn. He was a pawn. It's that simple. They yeah. left the door. 
Yeah, that, yeah. That's, that's really what it feels like. It, feel, it, feel, it feels like it was like a, um, an entrapment almost kind of situation. <laughs> you know, like it baited. So it's like, eh, I'd have no problem playing Ice Earth. And if they put out a new album, I'd still be willing to check it out. You know, it's, it's, it'd be different if he would have held, like, let's, let's, let's say he would have gotten into the Capitol, like to, to the floor, wherever it was, right into Congress and held um, a member of Congress, like a gunpoint. Right. And then I'd be like, no, no, dude, we're not fucking playing this. Nope. Don't care. Mm-hmm. Don't ever want to hear about him. Right. You right. know, but I mean, really, I like, like, you you know, you know what that really was like? It was kind of like, all right, there's two movies from the 80s that come to mind that, that kind of sum up what happened to the Capitol. And think of the scene at the end of Animal House where they're going crazy in the parade and they take over. Okay. Right? Like, so that scene, the Animal House where they, you know, take over the parade and they're causing all that chaos. And then the street riots in Police Academy. Uh-huh, like the first right. one. Like, like those, those two movies are what come to mind. When I, when I think of what happened to the Capitol, and I'm like, yeah, you know, it it wasn't his best moment, but I mean, it really could have been worse. Hmm. Mm-hmm. If us us scratching Iced Earth off the radioactive metal playlist, are we contributing to cancel culture? Well, Is that's this just it. Like, I wouldn't culture? I wouldn't scr- scratch him off. Okay. You know, but if 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 we were, are we contributing to that? Well, here's the thing. Like I, I see. <sighs> or is it censorship? No, maybe? no. So here, so here, here's the deal. I, I liken it to this. Um, and speaking of censorship, this works in really well. You no doubt have heard the Attack of the Killer Bees album, right? Yes. That famous song, <laughs> "Starting Up a Posse." Uh huh. Right? You've got a choice. Don't buy it. Don't like it. But don't say your opinion's right. So, mm. I mean, typically, if we don't like something on the show, we just don't fucking talk about it and we, we don't, don't play it. We don't play it. And yeah, that's, we, I, don't, I don't think that's censorship because we're flexing our creative choice as to what we want to put out there. Yeah, and, and that's the whole point. It's like, it's like we're not trying to prevent other people from it. Cancel culture is like, no. I don't like this and you can't like it either. And if you do like it, then you're scum and you mm-hmm. need to be eliminated. Like that's, that's this, this venomous cancel culture that's out there. And I'm just like, no, I don't dig it. I mean, dude, if we were going to cancel anybody, like, like, like picture, p- picture cancel culture in the 1980s metalheads participating. Oh, you can't listen to Madonna. If you listen to Madonna, yeah, I'm going to blow up your car. You know, some, something stupid like that. Right. And mm. just like, no, just don't fucking listen to it. Or if you like it, listen to it. Like that's, and, and I, I think that's where like, I feel like cancel culture doesn't work within the metal community much because we listen to so much shit. And if we don't, it's okay. I mean, like, like you guys don't even give me shit when I talk about how much I enjoy umbop. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, like, yeah, you'll bust my balls a little bit here and there, but I mean, it's, it's not like, oh, I, he can't be on the show again. He can't, he, he can't do that. He yeah, just mentioned Hanson. What the fuck? Like, I give a flying fuck what goes on your stereo, yeah. you know? <laughs> and, but that's exactly it. It's like, okay, good. You have range. Not my thing, but that's okay. You know? <laughs> yeah. 
No, no, and, it's, it's sorry. It's just a matter yeah. of time. You know, you're, you're talking about metalheads and you know self censorship, cancel culture, and all that. Cannibal Corpse. You know what I mean? Like there is a metal has produced a lot of misogynistic shit. Everything oh, yeah. from from fucked with a knife all the way to porno grind. I was just thinking addicted to vaginal skin. Like I I will never ever forget the first time I heard that song title. It was in <laughs> concert and it was the first time like I heard people around me in a show go, ew. You know. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how she stuck with me for 32 years now coming up just with some of the shit that's come into this house. Not just not just metal, but just some of the raunchy, you know, really explicit horror films and magazines and and all and all, and all that. It's just like, yeah, yeah. Where 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 do you draw the line? Well, I think as as a parent you have your own line and where it's best to draw it and you have your own personal guidelines and boundaries and you know i think i think that's the best way to go i'm with you on that man like like um i told you my son and i are gonna go see godzilla and it's pg-13 and he's not 13 yet and i'm like huh we've watched a few others like I, I and, and it's weird because like the Godzilla movies, I don't have a problem with them seeing, but Kong Skull Island, if you've seen that one, I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, I think this one's a little too much for him. You know, it was yeah, it was. Uh, I wasn't expecting because when you think King Kong, yeah, it's you're, uh, you know, you're evolving. Things are getting, you know, with with the computer age, you can start yeah. doing more things. So things are actually getting a little more graphic. You know, yeah, but well, uh, just the whole yeah, story was, was very adult, like the whole oh, war yeah, angle, yeah. like all those sort of things. Oh yeah, you know, it was a it was a total yeah because it was right after the Vietnam War yeah. and and everything. So yeah. yeah, it was definitely not for the kids. That <laughs> said, like I think I saw like my first horror film in the movie theater was Alien, and I was like eight years old or whatever. See, I th- I think my kids would have nightmares even now if I played that that particular movie because because oh, okay. it's really well done. I mean, it's still mm-hmm. like a creepy still, film, yeah. You know, but I mean, that's what that's what the genre is supposed to do. And like, this is where it comes down to like knowing my kids. Like, I'm I'm prepared. You know, if if we need to step out, we need to step out. You know, that's fine. Um, he's getting pretty good at telling me cause, cause I, I didn't want to watch Kong with him, but he really wanted to see it. I'm like, tell you what, let's try it. And we just get to the opening scene where the two guys are in world war two and they crash on the island. They're chasing each other. And the scene yeah. with the katana where he catches it in his hands, like he's, he's cringing at that violence. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, we'll turn this off, you know? Yeah, but then we had a good conversation be. about it. Like, so I said, well, you know, when I tell you there's different levels of PG-13, I said, you have no problem watching the 2014 Godzilla. Like, none of that bothers you because it's all monster violence. It's very clearly, you know, yeah. exaggerated. But, like, the two men fighting with real swords, like, that's close to home. Mm-hmm. You know, that that feels too real, you know. <clears throat> so, it's one of those things. And, and I, I think he finally started to understand, like, why I make some of the choices I make. Where I'm like, no, you're not watching that. 
You know? Yeah, you'll you'll understand when you're older. Yeah, I know that's what we tell kids. Yeah, and all that. It was the same thing in this household as well. There was just in the wonderful world of pro wrestling as well. There was a time period in the WWF that was the Attitude Era where there was a lot of um, a lot of gratuitous violence and a lot of sexual themes and innuendos and all that. And it's like, okay, my little girl doesn't need you know, to be watching Raw at this time, you know, so she didn't. And it's not that she was a big wrestling fan, you know, like she was just doing it just to hang with her dad and all that. Yeah. So we found alternatives, you know, WCW was good for kids and even better was the local leagues going to watch the boys wrestle at the community centers just down the road. You know, like that's, that's great family entertainment. Hell yeah, and man. all that. So yeah, it's not you know, parent you, you 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 have when it comes to parenting, you've got your shit locked down. I've got my shit locked down, and all that. And that's what it's all about. Yeah. I don't need we we never needed Tipper, okay? <laughs> we never need. I you know I keep going back to that, but if that's the thing well, that rings true for the most part. And it's for. it's so funny about the Tipper thing, right? It's like. Like, I still don't feel like I've, I've ever got this thing locked down. But, I mean, the the biggest thing is I, I want to support my kids' choices. And I want to make sure they understand that it's okay to like something I don't, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, uh, my son is really into Selena Gomez. Like, he'd watch some of her old shows, like, on the Disney Channel. And oh, okay. And I, I think mostly he's just smitten with her. He thinks she's super cute, right? Um, mm-hmm. But he listens to her CDs. And so, you know, when, when her latest one dropped this year, I picked it up for him, you know, and, and I will take him to the record store and I will buy a Selena CD next to whatever metal CD it is that I'm buying that day, <laughs> you know, and I, I'm fine with that, you know, like, right it's, and, it's he, like, and he'll grow out of that. Don't worry. Uh, but, but even if he doesn't like it, like, dude, when I was his age, I love culture club. I oh, yeah. still I, enjoy oh, Culture Bay, Club. Oh, Bay City Rollers. Yeah, right? Like, I remember, oh, like, I remember when I was six or seven years old and I loved the Bay City fucking rollers. Yeah, oh my man. god. Like, like so you're gonna you're gonna have things that are always gonna like bring some sort of thing. And I mean, you know, if that's but that's that's what you like and that's fine. But then it's it's just like how do you make an informed choice? And I, like, like I always th- think about like how my mom and dad handled everything. Like dad, dad was a little quieter and conservative, but I told you dad took me to my first kiss concert. He wasn't right. a kiss fan, you know, but like mom, like I was never, there was not a single thing they ever told me I couldn't listen to. Never. You know, when the, uh, when the Gerardo special happened where he's got all <laughs> these albums and he's showing them and they're saying how terrible they are. Mom and I sat there and she's like, oh, you have that one. You have that one. You yeah. have that one. Yeah. Exactly. We, like, like she did the same thing in our house. Yeah. yeah. And then she turns to me. She's like, what's wrong with these people? Have they listened to these? <laughs> like, I've, I've heard you play all these. What are they worried about? You know, like, uh, you know, yeah. and, and I think it really comes down to is that, I mean, especially in the 80s, but I mean, even now. Like a lot of stuff was shock value, right? I mean, think about oh, definitely think think about the the first Megadeth record with the skull that you know as as much as um what's his name Mustaine didn't like it, like that was still a pretty raw looking album cover. Like somebody took mm-hmm. a real skull and like put metal to it and like okay, this is kind of rough, 
You know, it, it, it had a raw look to it, whether it's it screamed mid eighties thrash. It yeah. really did. Yeah, it, it did. really did. And I mean, you're gonna you're gonna pick up some parents who are gonna look at them and be like, Oh my god, what's going on? And mom was like, But again, like I think I've told you, like, I've enjoyed skulls since I was like eight. So okay. my my parents were already used to that behavior for me. But then like, you know, my 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 friends' parents, some of them were just like you can't listen to that and just like all this reactionary shit. I don't know. I, I just, I, I want to be more like my parents when I'm handling my kids. I don't want to be like the parents that I saw my friends suffer through. Right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I know. And it was, you know, it was the same thing with my, with my mom and dad. They didn't like what I listened to. They thought it was all crap and all that, but they knew it was harmless. My mom certainly did not like Venom. Okay, didn't like the Slayer banner that I had, in, you know, because it had the pentagram and all that, and all that. But she knew, okay, this this is this is harmless, which is exactly what it was. Yeah. And all that. Um, what what everyone, at least listening to this, could agree on is we are still mourning the loss of Lemmy. It's the hard to believe lobster. that he's yeah. been gone as long as he has now. Yeah, yeah. It still feels like just yesterday. Yeah. yeah. It's uh it's definitely hard to believe. One of the things though, and this this is actually a really cool idea. Okay. One of the things that Lemmy wanted, okay, in the event of his passing was to be cremated and his ashes be distributed to you know some of his closest friends and all that in a bullet <laughs> you know that way you know all of it out bullet shell case you know with a little bit of his ashes to go out to each and every one and like this this literally and figuratively screams metal you oh, know yeah. what i mean well yeah you i know. mean think about like the the bullet belt that um bullet Mustaine always wore uh-huh right? yeah Lots of metal bands in the, you know, Destruction, Sodom, like, uh, those are just off the top of my head. And, you know, I can go through all my old 80s records and, like, half of those bands will have some sort of bullet belt and all that. So, yeah, it definitely, it definitely screamed metal. So when I saw that, it's just what, what going back to what I said earlier in the show, the feel-good moment. Yeah. It sucks Lemmy's gone. Okay, but this, this is a feel-good story. Oh, hell yeah. You know, because he's kind of dis- distributing himself to those closest to him. And I've mentioned this on the show and what I want done. I want to be cremated and, you know, like, I'll, so so many of my ashes will go to Mrs. Snowy. So many will go to Little Snowy. The rest will go to the various venues, you know, that I call my second home. You know, and those ashes will be scattered on the stage. <laughs> All that. And this is this is actually a really, really cool idea. I can't really say much much more than that, but just horns up to this idea. It's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it it's really, really unique. And like like you said, it's so metal. And <clears throat> you know what's funny about this is like everybody is always so split on the gun topic right oh yeah 
something I find interesting is since Biden took office, all of a sudden we're having more shootings. Like, like a lot more shootings. There's like a shooting every week all of a sudden, right? And I, I find it interesting every time there's a Democrat in power, we always seem to have more shootings. And, and the conspiracy theorist in my brain just can't help but be like, is this a coincidence? Is somebody orchestrating this? And like, you know, you always want to think that no, that there's something going on, but there are times where things just look like, I don't know. It's just, it, it's, it's too coincidental. But, um, but anyway, with people being so split on that, even people that are like completely against guns, when it comes to metal, they totally embrace the bullet thing. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. You know, like, like even like, like Henry Rollins, who is somebody who's been pretty outspoken against gun violence because, you know, of what happened to him and his best friend, um, mm-hmm. you know, Joe Cole and Joe Cole getting killed in that, you know, um, uh, the robbery, the breaking and entering thing. And, you know, he's, he's been very outspoken about that sort of stuff, but then he's the first person who says like, dude, I would love to shoot guns with Ted Nugent, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. There's actually something that going on here kind of along the lines, and I'm sure it's in other, you know, cities, but I think this is very metal as well. But, you know, playing darts, okay, picture that with hatchets. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we have an axe-throwing venue where See, you can just go and throw axes. Like, that's awesome! You know what's funny? And, and this is this is where... I, that makes more sense in Canada than it does <laughs> uh-huh. down here. And I honestly feel safer attending something like that in Canada than I do down here. I, uh, like, yeah. I, I've seen the axe-throwing bars pop up here and everyone's talking about it. I'm like, so, you know, and, and the first, I'm like, just let me get this concept straight. We're going to drink beer and throw sharp objects around. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, uh-huh. like who, who really thinks this is a good idea, right? And, you know, if, if there are two places in the world that that does make sense and um, it's going to be completely safe and above board, one place would be Canada. The other place would be Australia. Mm-hmm. Right? Those are, those are the two places in the world off the top of my head that somebody says, okay, we're going to drink a whole lot of beer and throw the sharpest objects we can. Like, you know, if in Canada, I'm like, Oh well, yeah, well these guys know axes. Like, you know, this is what they do. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm in, you know, <laughs> you know, sure. yeah. same, same with, with, with Australia. Good day, mate. Take this action. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to whip it straight at that tree. Don't hit the wallaby now. You know, like, I'd be yeah. like, all right, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, when you're a civilized society, you can do stuff like that. And a bunch of crazy rednecks down here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Going, going to get into some tunes here. But before we get into that, I want to say hello and horns up and congratulations to local Winnipeg black metalers and radioactive metal alum Nocturnal Departure. Good friends of the show. Hey, how's it going? 
They have signed on to Hell's Headbangers. Woohoo! Yeah, isn't that absolutely fantastic? So yeah, congrats, horns up. Let's can't wait to hear the new record. Since all this talk about metal and bullets and just everything, there is oh, and actually, since you mentioned Australia, okay, there is only one band to play right now. From their new record, Warlords, this is a bullet belt with Blade on the Fire.
once again, horns up and congratulations to Anok Eternal Departure. That was the title track from their last record, Worm Moon Offerings. Fantastic, fantastic. Can't wait. Can't wait, dude, to get a new record, you know, with uh, a new Nocturnal Departure record, you know, with that Hell's Headbangers stamp on the bottom of the vinyl. Yeah, that's just going to be sweet. Keeping along the lines of something that is really sweet, how about the uh, latest band that we are going to feature in our Indie Spotlight? We're always on the lookout for fresh new talent. Check out this Indie Spotlight. Really cool band out of the Toronto area. T.O. T.Dot. The Big Smoke. Definitely kind of, well, in terms of the people that live in Toronto... The center of the universe, and then in brackets, in Canada, if that kind of make any sense. But what Toronto, though, all kidding aside, they have an incredible reputation of making and creating some wicked musicians. And that tradition is going to continue with tonight's indie spotlight band, Groove Meddlers, Devils by Definition. And D, the devils with a Z, just to be hip and cool, I guess. I don't know, but it kind of works. Their latest indie release, Bitter Remains of Human Consumption, drops April 20th. Going through that new record, I just said, you know what? They're pushing what they're calling their new single so let's go with that in tonight's indie spotlight this is devils by definition with peace by peace Sometimes those pieces get lost 
Facebook.com slash devils with a Z, devils by definition dot five one nine. Go to their band camp, devils by definition slash bandcamp dot com, where you should have, as we are speaking, everyone should have been spending all, you know, all this is also a holiday. Everyone should have been all over Bandcamp today buying all sorts of of wicked cool stuff to help out all of those amazing bands that are kind of suffering you know more than ever now throughout all of this crap Ugh. Ugh. once again like i'm so grateful for all of these amazing musicians that we've got to help us get through all of that once again i want to thank before we do get on out of here I want to thank everyone that I've already told, you know, about the passing of my father. Everyone has been really supportive and just just being there for me. And I just, as I say to everyone, just the best thing that you can do is just continue to be in my life. So thank you to you, Sir Aaron. I appreciate all of your well wishes and being such a big part of our lives up here um that's it i guess maybe it's time to just kind of bring this crazy train into the station how can uh people get a hold of us well dear snowman um they can go to facebook.com slash ride metal you can check us out on the instagram at ride metal 666 same handle for Twitter at RadMetal666. However, we really don't tweet on Twitter. I think I tried once and it just, I, I just can't get into it. I don't know why. Like, I keep trying. I used to love Twitter. I don't know what happened. Mm-hmm. But Instagram, that's fun stuff. Everything that Snowy talks about in his vinyl therapy ends up on Instagram. Trust me, it's a great time. You need to go there. You need to see these things. You need to follow it. And then, honestly, you'll kind of know what we're going to talk about on the show because you'll be like, oh, but they're going to talk about this. <laughs> I see the yeah, Stay Puff yeah. Marshmallow Man. He's got some vinyl <laughs> therapy. Yeah, you know? when he makes his appearance, yeah. Exactly, right? So um, those are great ways to get in touch with us, get a hold of us, keep up with us. You can email us. I wasn't sure what I wanted to say. You can email us radmetal666 at gmail.com. That's if you'd like to type up the traditional words. 
You can also hear us everywhere, right? Start at iTunes, send it to a friend, go to Stitcher, send that to a friend, go to the Google Play Store, go wherever else, and you're going to find us. We're live, we're nationwide, we're worldwide. It's a great time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then thanks to our friends at the Shining Wizards Network, shiningwizardsnetwork.com. We are proud members of the Shining Wizards Network. So check out that website and all the great podcasts over there. Um, whole host of just fun podcasts. And um, because of them, you can also find us on Spotify. So if you check out the Shining Wizards Network on Spotify, you're going to find us in there because it's a party, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, definitely, definitely. So that's a good thing. And then, of course, here is first every Thursday night at purerockradio.net. You can hear us there. Um, yeah, I feel like I had something else to say about that, but no, really, that was it. Yeah, yeah. This is one of <laughs> that's those nights. That's where you should be, purerockradio.net, man. Yeah, on yeah. Thursdays. Boss, but Boss Rich has just been killing it for like 15 years running that running running that station and just just over the years so many just amazing amazing shows have 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 been on that and it's just it's been a lot of fun it's it's been our home pretty much from the get-go yeah so thank you everyone over there as well and of course if you want to if you're like your cool Uncle Snowy here you prefer things a little old school and all that and of course everyone who knows me Knows that I was a big, uh, a big follower, you know, of the whole pen bangers idea, the old Metal Forces magazine, the whole demolition section as well, with all the demo trading and the live tape trading, and just sending back and forth, communicating with one another in an old-fashioned snail mail. You want to do that with your cool Uncle Snowy? I'm always down for that. You get a hold of us and uh, anyone of those ways set us up with your address and we'll kick it together old school like that always a good time speaking of old school and still kicking it you know in one way shape or form the legendary autopsy still around last year as the year was dying down released a really cool live album live in Chicago, let's go out on the classic track Severed Survival from that. In the meantime and in between time, that's it. This has been a hell yeah episode of Radioactive Metal. I'm Snowy White. And this is Aaron. Signing off. What's up, Chicago? All right, these guys weren't hip to it. These letters up here are telling you that we're autopsy. And we play death fucking metal!
Cheers!